Hey, welcome everybody to podcast number 61. Our sponsor of the month for me is All-Star Bowling Sales. The Wiseman Twins, Dexter and Tim and Adam Weber. And uh, our special guest of the evening is Mr. Robert Gallagher. <laughs> and Dino Zibar. Uh just bear with us here, guys. I know uh, Gino's internet is probably not the greatest. He lives even farther in the boonies than I do. So uh, <laughs> we'll try and wait for his uh, internet to catch with, up with him when he's uh, telling a lot, us a long story and then we all fall asleep. But <laughs> <laughs> that, that should be soon. <laughs> Gino, do you have an actual address? Do you have an address or do you have a GPS location like Harry does? It's just Bush, it's just Bushwhacker. <laughs> hey, yes, I do have an actual address. What do you want? You mean my real home residence? Go. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> now, Gino, what is your address? Can you tell us in front of everybody right now? Yeah. <laughs> Along with your visa. Yeah, that's a social no, insurance number. I'm not a hope in hell. <laughs> hey, hey, Craig. Yes, I, sir. I, I, I caught that. Well, you can have that because there's nothing there. There's no money. <laughs> I'm already broke. You can't break me. You're interrupting me already. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Robert? I, what were you going to say? I caught that shot you did at the start there about you'd see why we were having technical difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't wrong, was I? No. Are you guys editing and I, him? And I know you're referring to Gino. <laughs> no. Hey, guys, as your guest, if you haven't been watching the podcast, this is all live. So whatever you say is out in the world. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is about an hour long, right? About an hour, hour and a half. It depends how long Gino takes on his stories. Okay. I got my six pack and I got... I'm going to try and control my Kelsey, my Kelsey Wilton potty mouth. <laughs> no guarantees, though. Did you bring a bedpan while you're at it? I might have to slip out and get one. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome, guys. Uh, thanks Hi. for coming on. Glad to be here. So... Uh, what do you guys want to talk about? Obviously, COVID has been the top of the story here the last uh, probably three, four months. Um, COVID uh, sucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, we we won't take too much time on COVID. I don't want to really drag everybody back through the mud on that. Um, but how about we uh, go through with your origin stories here? Robert, how did you get involved with bowling? Well... Way back, <laughs> way, way back, I needed a job. And uh, my aunt came to me and she said, hey, the bowling alley's looking for somebody. So I walked in the front door and Connie Went was behind the counter. And I said, hey, I hear you're looking for somebody at work here. She goes, can you keep score? I said, yep. She goes, you're hired. <laughs> 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 and, away, and away we went. No pun intended there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right, same goes for you, Gino. What's your origin story, and how did you get into bowling? Well, um, I basically kind of fell into it. Um, what happened is my the bowling center at one time was a uh, a billiards hall more so than the pool hall or the bowling uh, for me because my granddad used to go in and play billiards all the time. So I was in there with the old timers watching them and that. And there was a gentleman by the name of M. Long who was uh, managing the place at the time for the Smith houses. And uh, he kind of just got a little bit. He had let me go and throw a few balls and stuff like that. And he got me interested in it. Then when uh, when I turned about, uh, well, I guess it was last year of high school, I heard about something called the Pepsi Colas. And I thought, you know, that'd be kind of cool. Let's try that out. So I was lucky enough to uh, play in the Pepsi Cola. Uh, did won the zones. Then we went on to at that time Pepsi Colas. You played uh, nationally on a, through a TV feed or through a, a feed, you know, across the country, and it was just phone in. So uh, I did well. I was lucky enough to bowl with two great players out of out of uh, uh, Camrose. And we finished uh, third. And uh, after that, I didn't touch a bowling ball until I got married. And uh, it's been uh, everything but great since then. So what made you come back later on in life then? Myself? Yeah. Uh, basically what happened, what happened was uh, uh, Deb and I got married. And we moved to Fort Saskatchewan. And I was trying to get uh, involved in hockey there. And uh, I wanted to coach kids because I, I love being around kids and that. But their hockey program at that time wouldn't allow you to coach unless you had a child in, in the program. So uh, what happened is Deb's high school uh, had a, uh, a bowling team. One of the gentlemen on the team got sick. And they approached Deb and asked her, uh, is your husband bowl? And Deb said, yeah, he has. So I got asked. I went in and played. And uh, a lady there noticed me and she says, how'd you like to become a master? And I said, what's that? And she told me, well, you get to uh, go take your master's clinics and then you get to come back and work with kids uh, and teach them. And I thought, ah, that's, that'd be great. That'd be a uh, that I could get involved with children, have some fun, and uh, I had a great time. My first year as a master, uh, basically their routine is, is you had to work with all the little kids. So I'd come in every Saturday morning, and I'd have about 20 of these little rugrats, and they'd be climbing all over me, and I just had a ball. I was probably the worst coach there ever was. I got those kids so ramped up, <laughs> and then it was, oh, yeah, I'd give them back to their parents. So they can deal with it. But it was, it was a great way for me to get introduced to the game. And I enjoyed it. You probably taught them a few choice words, too, eh? <laughs> Cockroach. Yeah. Never. I, I, don't swear, I don't swear unless you're a pop. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he's not I'm a stepler, so. <laughs> my language. Um. So, good so, point. For, some, 
<laughs> so some of you guys don't Ask know um, about Statler. <laughs> M-, M Long that M Long that he speaks of. Uh, M Long is uh, a big component of us out in Edmonton area as well. Um, M Long was actually the one who opened up and uh, ran the uh, Sherwood Bowl at the beginning, and his son Grady Long is our uh, BPAA uh, executive director. So he's in charge of all the centers out here. So it that that family has been along for a long time. Um, so it's kind of neat that uh, Gino started with M down with Taskman. That's kind of a cool story. Grady's uh, Grady's brother Randy used yeah, to I play. Had, uh... Uh, used to play ball for me, and uh, he was a pretty good bowler at one time too, way back. Hmm. <laughs> never, never oh, met yeah. Randy. He was a he was a heck of a pitcher. He looked like he looked uh, he looked pretty. Pretty close to Grady. Hmm. Pretty good guy. Did you did you take? I haven't did, seen him for years, years. Did you take? Do you take money off of uh, him like you do over Grady and elimination draws all the time? No, no, just Grady. <laughs> 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 he still curses me for that. That was like. Twelve years ago. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> if if no, it's an inside joke. Um, they ran an elimination draw a lot of the times at these events, and uh, Robert convinced him that he had one of the winning tickets and sold him a bunch of losers. So he thought he was winning, and he found out he, were, he, uh, he got duped. So they they were they were already drawn. <laughs> <laughs> well, my bad. <laughs> So we do have a question from the audience here for uh, Gino. Brett Henriksen is, how did you keep such a great supple head of hair, Gino? What were you using? I would really like to know. <laughs> well, well, to be honest with you, I have a younger brother that would make uh, Dexter look like he's got a, a force to hair on his head. <laughs> or Tim. <laughs> but my younger brother, and it's just... Uh, I said, my younger brother got all the money. I got the looks. <laughs> he must have got a lot of money, right, Gene? Yeah, he, so he must be one. He well did. Of <laughs> 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 uh, kind of uh, like you, Gallagher. What? I got lots of hair. <laughs> I'm waiting for my first haircut. It's just thin and white. It is. It's getting thinner. Well, it gets thick. Doesn't get along, gets thick. And, <laughs> and when I started in the bowling business, it was black. Now it's white. <laughs> See what you guys do to me? Robert Yelkin. You're a lion SOB. <laughs> you haven't had a black hair in your life. Oh, yes, I have. <laughs> we're, we're talking about on your body. Oh. oh <laughs> or we can talk. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, careful. We're gonna moving get, on, moving on. We're moving yeah. into five after dark here. Let's, uh, All right. let's, let's <laughs> too soon. Too soon. Uh, so, Robert, um, you have been a big component of the Western Canadian Bowling Tour, becoming one of the gold sponsors, and um, we couldn't thank you enough as uh, being a part of the tour myself. Um, how did it feel to find out that uh, a new event was created, and you to be the namesake for it, the Gallagher Cup. That was—I uh, still can't believe you guys did that. It was—it uh, 
because I'm, I'm sure there's a lot more guys worthy than me to have their name on that cup. But uh, truly an honor. And, uh, you know, Kerry and I go back a long ways. Gino, Mark Johnstone, Eric Chose, all from Watasquan area. And uh, we, uh, we, we did a lot of bowling, a lot of shooting pool, a lot of playing cards together over the years. And it's been, uh, it's been great. And, uh, <coughs> excuse me, to be, uh, to be recognized in that high standard with all you high quality bowlers is definitely a privilege and honored to do it and honored to sponsor you guys. Uh, the tour is such a fantastic thing. And uh, I just hope uh, after this is all over, we can, because it was building up so much. And we just hope, hope it can get back even bigger and stronger when all this crap is done. And I, I totally thank you guys for that honor. And, and last year, uh, the first year of it, me and Shelby doing the uh, play-by-play, <laughs> we had a good time. Good yeah. time. It was a long three and a half or whatever hours it took, but it was a great time. And I thank you all for that. Yeah, for sure. Um, and just to give a little bit of history lesson, um, Robert and rambled off a bunch of players that uh, obviously he was involved with in Wetaskiwin. Um, I can safely say me and Mark and even Eric probably wouldn't be half the players we are today without uh, Robert's coaching and Gino's influence being there with us um, through it all. And then for you to follow us after we get that success and then come along and be a major portion of that, that tour is uh, kind of a neat story and uh, a helping hand is always needed for sure. Yeah. And the, the thing was way back when uh, you guys were in with us, but we had, we had some great bowlers that just didn't keep yeah, you know, we had the Albergs, we had Andersons, the Rollins, uh, Jamie Chafee. We Both had some dads. darn good bowlers. And uh, yeah, I know, I remember bad. beating them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, I believe uh, we might have knocked off the national champions one year. Yeah, um, Desher wasn't on that team, though. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's no. why. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, we had some great bowlers, and even my own kids, like Kyle, still a pretty good bowler. Hardly ever bowls at all. Bowled one quarter here a couple of years ago. Still throws at four hundred. So, you know, when there's so so many out there, it's just like hockey and baseball. So many hockey players don't carry on. So many ball players don't carry on that have so much talent. And it's it's sad, but it's definitely out there. That's for sure. Yeah. Unfortunately, life always gets in the way. Yeah. Women um, and kids. <laughs> Brett, Brett Hendrickson uh, kind of left us a note here. Who has the most WCBT DB, WCBT titles in this group? Well, obviously, <laughs> obviously that would be Gino. Um, from what I have gathered, and Gino can correct me on this because unfortunately I don't have Manitoba Open titles or um, the Rose Bowl titles, 
but Gino had 11 WCBT titles within 10 years. So the answer uh, is Gino. <laughs> I think it's, uh, yeah, yeah, it would be 11 in, in, in the WCBT. I guess if you look at the, uh, at the majors is what, see, I kind of, I kind of these tournaments to the same way as in golf. So, you know, we have the golf has their normal, the John Deere, whatever, whatever. And then you have the masters and that. And I, I equate the, uh, WCBT titles and, and uh, like Saskatoon when it was available, Winnipeg and that as a major tournament, uh, you know, the other ones, I think the thing is, is what happens is, is you get the best of the best at most of those tournaments, as opposed to when we're playing our open masters and you get to the national, you don't always have uh, <clears throat> the best from every area. Obviously those people deserve the credit when they get there and that and take nothing away from them there. But I think when you collect 120, 250 entries in one one spot and you play, I think then you would have to say you have the best of the best there pretty well. There's the odd one that can't make it, not, no doubt about it, but uh, as a whole, I remember in the days when uh, Saskatoon was around and uh, that was a huge tournament because it was in the volumes of the game as well you have in Regina and uh, Shepherd Park now in the 220 to 250 plus people there. And then you were getting people at that from Quebec, Ontario and such forth coming out. So uh, yeah, it, so the ones that you're missing is, is the one that I won in Winnipeg once, uh, the two in Saskatoon, uh, which weren't classified as WCBTs. So one more in red here, so. Two in Statler. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe three. Yeah, for sure. Hey, you know what? Uh, not to make light of those little tournaments when you get to play them, you get to play some. I remember the one year playing in your house, Bob, in Statler, like Lenny Ancest was there. Uh, you got Lenny, you got Kerry, you got, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Chose. Evan you, Lacousier, you all these people You don't there. count me in Stetler, just so you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. hey, hey, you threw a 400 here. Uh, <laughs> I've only you really it. well there. Yeah. Um, Gino, I do want to just list off your, um, we'll call them WCBT yes. equivalents. So um, Gino won the Regina Classic okay. in 94, 95, 98, 2008 and 2009 he won the tpc in 2004 2007 2008 he won the kg open or the great western brew house jubilee ford open in 2002 and 2008 and he won the traditional in 2008 and that's his 11 titles in 10 years uh, that doesn't include manitoba open obviously not yeah. bad. Uh, the one in where you have it shown is 2008 at the KG. Yeah. That was at Eastview, and it was actually 2007. Yeah. 
Um, Gino, how many so audible things are we missing had on there? Any success that? That's the one I'm talking about. I've <laughs> never had. The autumn open is uh, one that I would like to win sometime. Yeah. I I hope I still have the ability uh, in the next few years. But, you know, there, there's a big difference now as opposed to when I first started playing the game. You had to build your career. You had to work your way into it. The difference now is is the other people like yourselves and that who are coming up in the game. You guys are so the ability that you have is is ahead of where what it was when we started. When we started playing the game, we had to learn how to win. We had to learn who people were, competitors and that. The youth now, uh I I'm not sure if we can base it because of coaching. I would say has a lot to do with it. The biggest thing is that I see youth now is that they are way more capable at the mental side of the game was back in the day when when I first started. You know, uh, uh, you look at these young guys coming to play some of the, well, take yourself, Dexter, and you guys both uh, – program and by the time you got to the adult side you guys had already played a lot of a lot of high level competition mm. so you understood that uh you know um Terry, uh, same thing is is by the time you got into the adult of it you were you your your knowledge was from the fairly high level of sports that you played like your side of the game there and bowling has gotten better since we've started doing coaches and that the next uh tom anderson's bowling school is a wonder uh, it, it was fun that i would say sorry sorry gino i'm gonna have to cut you off just your your wi-fi is uh I th i'm not sure adam did you ever bowl in saskatoon <laughs> Yeah, he keeps cutting out, eh? Yeah. 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 I'm just going to bump you out here for a little bit, Gino. So <laughs> I, I want to touch base a little bit on, the, on what Gino was saying about um, oh, just about how like uh, how our youth bowlers are a lot better than they used no to be. No problem. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just think that people like Gino out there and, and, and the Tom Pattersons and the Lynn Howells and the Bruce Mortars for us out here. And I know Calgary had plenty down there too. Right. Um, it was a different era when they, when they first were go going up, they didn't really get a whole lot of help. Right. They kind of bonded together with their peers and they kind of learned from that. Right. But um, we were fortunate growing up that all of us here that has success on this, us four, the guys who are always on the podcast, that we had mentors and people that wanted to care about us. Right. Um, and, and honestly, Gino was probably one of the biggest components of, of, of that. And, um, and I, I think he does, I don't think he takes enough credit or nor do his other ones. Right. And I think that's the reason why there's so many high average bowlers or high caliber bowlers now is because of those guys. Right. Um, I know my personally, and probably my, one of my favorite experiences in bowling 
even though I got a silver medal was in 2016 when Gina was down in the pit with me. Right. And I can never take that, that memory back. Um, I love that memory. And uh, if it wasn't for people like Gino, I don't think we would be here. Right. So uh, yeah. have to thank Gino for that immensely. And when it comes to paradise, I, I still think he can compete there. There's, this is a matter of time, you know, um, he might have to throw the ball a little bit harder instead of a girl once in a while, but you know, he, he might, he might be okay there. Right. But uh, he, 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 still, he still has a chance there. Right. But he just remember Tim, he has as many Sunday victories as you do. <laughs> but to, to, to kind of jump, jump yeah. on, on, on what you were saying there too. Uh, my first, kind of meeting with Gino that I can actually remember. I was in uh, near the end of uh, my youth challenge career. Uh, so I would have been probably 17 or 18. And I think we we're in Leduc, if I remember correctly. And he was the uh, judge of play. And uh, just to see his personal interaction with nearly every kid that was out there mm -hmm. and uh, just nothing but positive words, positive vibes. Uh, next year, I think I saw him again in maybe a cash term or something like that. And he remembered that conversation, right? It, it was a genuine one-on-one -on -one conversation. That's one thing that uh, will always stand out about Gino. Um, uh, I've also had him in the pit with me, uh, when, uh, when I had the opportunity to be Freddie there, uh, that was pretty darn cool to, to have one of my, you know, absolute, you know, mentors, uh, between, you know, Gino and, and Bruce, right there, they were my two big Alberta mentors, uh, growing up. And I've, I've told Gino a few times that, uh, you know, it, it, where I've kind of become in this particular sport. I'm chasing Gino. I'm not chasing Bruce. Um, I, I've, I've considered Gino the, the greatest of all time for, for many, many years. Uh, absolutely no disrespect to some of the other legends that are out there. Uh, but Gino is the best. Take a look at his resume. We're talking a little bit about it right now. And uh, he is the true goat uh, of this particular sport. So um, I want to thank, thank Gino personally for, for all the time he's put into myself and the mentoring and uh, every match we've had, uh, absolutely loved every second of it. I agree. I I mean, I, uh, thanks for those kind words. Um, hey, Adam, of course he can remember the conversation. He can remember every frame of every game since 1990. Yeah, so if you notice, they're all 16-frame games. Yeah, <laughs> That's why he wins a lot. It's like, kid, it's like that kid in Kingpin. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Yeah. Uh, we like to poke lots of fun at Gino. Uh, he gives it back just as good. Oh yeah. Well, there's a there's a group of us now working on stats for the WCBT for upcoming events and stuff. So uh, um, no matter what Gino tells us, we'll have solid numbers. So uh, <laughs> better start keeping your story straight. <laughs> um, yeah, but you, you guys are all absolutely right. Well, I mean, I think. I think Gino was the reason why Tim and I both got into the Wednesday Match League. I remember having that conversation with him at breakfast at uh, at the bowling school in Saskatoon, um, and it was uh, we were 15 years old at the time, I think. And you know I, that league was expensive; it was like 35 bucks a week to bowl. 15 year old kids trying to go in and bowl into this league, and my my parents didn't want a whole lot to do with it. Um, not that they didn't want us to play in it, but they, they were like looking at the financial side of it and. 
Um, Gino really convinced us to play and, and Gino convinced my parents that it was okay for us to play. And, um, they were afraid of us losing money and I was afraid of not getting, you know, the opportunity. So, um, Gino's influence in that aspect was massive. And then, and then we became such good friends and we've, we've played and after what, 15 years of knowing each other, we finally got to play together in Thunder Bay. Um, so yeah, that wonderful experiences with you, Gino, always. Um, a good a good thing of our podcast is uh, there is no um, no let up in the smack talk across everybody here, Brett. Uh, there will be plenty of it. We just want to show some love to uh, some legends in the sport and true supporters. But uh, I'm sure you'll hear quite a bit more of the the BS radar going off here. <laughs> so, um, Gino. You're gonna have to probably keep your your answers a little bit shorter because uh, your your Wi-Fi is not the greatest, and you sound like a robot to a lot of people. So, uh, and we've only got an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, <laughs> who was your uh, mentor growing up, Gino? Ooh, well, obviously, uh, probably I would say. Uh, uh, the closest ones that really got me going was probably uh, Bruce Mortar, then Hal, Brian Goodhope. Um, I think Tim and Dexter will remember a conversation we had in Saskatoon. And I had all these kids in the room and I mentioned to them, uh, remember, if you want to be known as good people, surround yourself with good people. And I was lucky to get in with that group of people. And they definitely molded me. Um, there was times that I did some pretty stupid things. Oh, yeah. And, you know, <laughs> one or two of them would say something to me. And, I, and uh, uh, when, when it came from someone like Bruce, then I knew I was in the wrong place. For sure. Um, so, so I'd say Bruce was. And then... Gallagher there, he he me a lot of times cool it and I told him where to go a lot of times. So <laughs> <laughs> we had her. So he was an actor as well. We <laughs> <laughs> um okay, so yeah. <laughs> what's your favorite tournament, Gino? Obviously Regina. Um That's fair. I I, I don't think I don't think anyone would say that uh, they wouldn't also agree that the ones that you've had your most success with is your favorite one. But that being said, uh, I, I have to admit, just just being able to get around everybody and compete with the, the level that you guys are, that, that's what's entertaining. Yep. Um, do, so there was a question earlier from... Uh, Jason Scaletta asking about the 26 strike in a row story. Um, could you give us a little backstory into that and keep it short, please? <laughs> Just a little backstory. Okay. Yeah. 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 It was, uh, it was just, uh, I played Bruce Mortar in a match and, uh, we started out. Uh, this was what back when Regina was a, uh, was more like a curling tournament where you went up one side, the A side, if you lost, you dropped to the B to have your second chance. And prior to us playing Sunday, Bruce and I were roommates 
we made a deal that, uh, you know, if you throw a 450 or I throw a 450, one of us would get 25%, they get 75. So Bruce and I played the final of our, our three-game match. He started with an eight from the gun, got a corner in nine. I went three from the gun, cornered four, struck out for 418. Bruce got up through the double. And then I'm not sure if he missed middle or he punched, but anyways, it ended up 418 to 408, which was really cool. Wow, that's awesome. For me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I played a gentleman by the name of Don Clairhue. Yeah. Uh, I played Don Clairhue in the next match. I ran a 450 at him. He ran a 360 at me or 350-something. Comes off to lanes, and he's cussing. For Christ's sakes, I shoot 350, and I'm 100 down. And everybody told him, hey, Don, it doesn't matter. What do you mean it doesn't matter? Well, it's best two out of three. So he followed up and kicked my backside the next game. He beats me 378 to 348, and then I beat him the last game 380 to to whatever. But, uh, yeah, I I think in uh, 20, 24, 23 attempts at the middle, I only had uh, three that weren't strikes. So it was fun. <laughs> no, for sure. Um, so, Robert, we're not going to leave you out of this conversation. Um, if a lot of people don't know, Robert actually was a decent enough bowler. He uh, held his own in the scratch division in Wetasco in a few years. Uh, what's your high game, Robert? My high game is yeah. 408. And what was your high average? Uh, 212, 13, something like that. So but fairly I, respectable. I, I can say I'm the only guy in, in scratch league one year in uh, Wetasco and that beat Gino all four times when I played him. <laughs> I didn't beat nobody else, but I beat Gino four times. <laughs> I'm I'm just shocked from being being from Wetaskiwin. How do you not have a perfect game like everybody else seems to? No kidding, eh? <laughs> there was only one there. One ever thrown there. Yeah, only one ever thrown. That's because he moved to Statler. <laughs> uh, when was that thrown, Robert? It was by Terry Blade. Terry Blade in 1989. Wow. Yeah. We got pretty drunk that night. He was on my team. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one team in Wetasco. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Maybe mm. nowadays, but <laughs> no, not like that. Social distancing before social distancing. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so uh, my, my biggest claim to, well, I think, the biggest thing I ever done in a game was I spared three splits in one game. Wow. Really? In, uh, wow. I think that was against your mom and dad, Carrie. And, uh, Never saw one. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, Sean Schwartz is asking you, Robert, what was your high game last year? Tell him to shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're just know. checking. 279, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Against his for former mother in law. 
Um, right. I have an I have an issue with this. There should not be one person capable of picking the 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 comments to pop up on the bottom of the feed. <laughs> yeah, I feel like picking this is coming. this is complete bias. It's bullshit. <laughs> this is not bias. There is what's wrong with this question? Bias. <laughs> what are you guys' thoughts? <laughs> Um, out of everybody on here, Carrie's probably the biased, one that needs the most amount of practice right now. I'm getting I'm getting texts from people, but I can't re I can't repeat them. <laughs> Brett Carrie was bad this year as it was. He he's he's going to need all the practice. He's going to be our biggest customer when we can open open up again. <laughs> I don't play league. I don't practice. I don't do anything. This is normal for me. So I, think the thing okay. we need, I think we need to highlight the comment is the best natural athlete. I, the rest of the question doesn't really matter. Uh, so, uh, Gino, uh, Cody Steer had uh, commented on, uh, what about Mark Jackson from the Wetaskiwin area? Oh, yeah, him too. <laughs> <laughs> he was pretty good. Yeah, he wasn't, hey, wasn't too Mark bad. Was, uh, Mark was a great player. No, he was a great player, but uh, unfortunately, uh, injuries hurt him. Yeah, all the years working for Air Canada. Yeah. When I when I started at Western mm -hmm. Leagues in 1985, Mark Jackson actually worked there, and him and Larry Crumpets used to bowl like two hours a day after Mark was done work. And Mark would get a little upset. He actually threw the ball one time, never touched the lane, and went through the back. Masking unit? Masking unit. <laughs> it stuck in there. And then Gino came along. And then they weren't <laughs> the best all the time anymore. Mark was, uh, I never Mark broke was... anything in your house. Who did? You never? I never broke anything in your house. Which house? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you talking about his personal residence? Or? Yeah. After a poker game? He's definitely broke stuff here playing poker. <laughs> Seems to me there's a hole in your stairwall, and that was put there by who? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Bradford. That, it was that damn Hamilton. He freaking never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, he probably instigated it. Well, no doubt he did. <laughs> we got lots of questions rolling in here, so we'll uh, we'll do a round the table kind of thing on this. Um, Chris Reddy is asking, "What's the worst choke you've ever done in a tournament?" So I'm assuming a shot you wanted back. Well, for for me, I wish that fly yeah, didn't show up. And, Doesn't uh, matter. Yeah, that fly that came in that uh, ball for the tournament that uh, Mike Tweedy shared again this morning uh, against Kevin Holsworth had a ball for it all. And I uh, got on the lane. There was a, uh, a fly that uh, decided to, to go in front of me and then just kind of swarm and didn't leave. So I ended up backing off and just missed my next ball. Uh, had a chance to, to add another WCBT title. Um, I, I, I guess I'll answer. I don't recall 
I guess, a shot I wanted back. There's plenty of times where you're you're leading going into the last couple shots of a match and you kind of fall apart, but I don't recall one shot that really um, really cost me the whole thing. I want most of my shots back now. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about bowling, Robert, not alcohol. Hey. <laughs> no, hey, hey, Robert, chase him back in the morning. He gets a double deuce right there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, um, for if you're thinking about like choke jobs or balls you want back, um, I don't, I don't think I have one either. To be honest with you, like I've had situations where I would want him back. Obviously, um, I think for me the, the the biggest one that really upset me the most was. Um, uh, it was 2015 open qualifying. I was sitting like third going into that day. And then I just absolutely, I don't think I had a game higher than 230 in my own house. And, and it was 10 games of it. And I'll, I think if Adam remembers correctly, it was I think it was game six. I started five straight plows and I, it is not like me. I lofted a ball, hit the shield, and just pushed reset and I walked away. And I, I if, wow. if, I could take, if I could take that back, I think Robert was there actually, to be honest I, with you. I, I think yeah, I was. <laughs> you were, yeah. Maybe you're the problem, but. Uh, I, uh, if I could take that back, I would in a heartbeat. Cause obviously I, I learned a lot from it. Um, but it was my own house playing and, and, and provincials are in my own house. Right. And I just, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's the moment I probably would take back. Um, or try to redo it. you just couldn't find rhythm that entire day. It was, it was absolutely, I've never been that way. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. So actually I did come up with one. Um, one that I definitely should mention was after it was open qualifying singles, I defeated Gary Baird in a high square match, 330 to 290 or whatever it was. And then I came up against Adam and I threw two sets of aces, a um, couple, couple splits, right? Yeah, it was rough. And at, and the worst part about it too is I don't know how Adam feels about it, but he, he wasn't throwing the ball very good. He was missing. Um, was picking up sticks, but he was always at, always a mark and a half ahead of me, and I just couldn't put a double together or put two marks together to try and catch him. Um, so that is obviously coming off a high after beating Gary in such a well-scoring match, and then coming up against Adam. Don't know if it's if it's jitters for the first chance at a provincial title um, as a single or what it was. Um, Adam, what was your thoughts kind of going through that match if you remember it at all? Anyways, I remember I started pretty strong. But uh, maybe you, you struggled to, to start. You had that, that first set of aces. I think you went like spare plow aces or something like that. And I think I started spare double corner, spare triple, some, something like that. And then uh, I plowed on it. Uh, mm -hmm. Then it, it, every single time you'd go up there, throw a strike, and then open, strike, open. So you had the opportunity to throw the double, put some heat on me, but never could capitalize on the second one. So my, my score didn't look very good. It was only like two. 50 or 240 or something like that. Uh, but I was, yeah, like I said, I, I was always a uh, frame, frame and a half ahead. Yeah. yeah so um, you, you get tons of matches like that, though, right? If you're chasing, you're always going to be pushing just, just the way it is. For, for me, I, I personally, I, I try not to remember the shots. The only one that like really sticks out with me, and that likes a personal choice. I, I've got a, a terrible memory for stats and stuff like that, anyways, because after it's done, I don't really care at that point. Um, but, um, I remember there was a TPC, we were a couple rounds, maybe, I think it was like the third round in TPC. I was facing Michael Cousy and I was up a bit 
Um, and it was coming down to the line, and I had pretty much solid control of the match. And then in the ninth frame, I believe I went three five dash, and I think I ended up losing that match by like three. Um, so I really like that frame back. Um, Tim, I can't believe you didn't like mention the 2010 uh match in Winnipeg because this was hilarious. No, because okay, so we still won, so it's not, yeah, you know, we still won, but you went you went double and 10, and then you okay. Needed- Okay, can I can I t- I'll tell the story. So, because <laughs> it, it, it's me here, okay. So I don't want anybody to bastardize the freaking story, okay. So, 20, 2010 in Winnipeg, twenty ten in Winnipeg, we're bowling, and and I'm up there, and I played really well. Like uh, once again, I I still like to thank Johnstone for taking my way my all stars by fluking out. Um, but I was I was there, and uh, and when we when we did it. Uh, we we played well at Dakota. I was averaging about two eighty plus that day, uh, the first day, and then we played Saint Vital. And if if everybody played Saint Vital out there, I know Brett, who's following, has been there. It had pink lanes and it had the Guardian lanes with pink arrows. And so you're playing Dakota, free fall, good synthetic, great approaches, and then you're playing Saint Vital that was sticky and heavy, and the ball moved a million boards and was brutal, right? <laughs> so we're playing there, and I'm struggling. I'm averaging like two forty there, but I mean my team is really good. Um, so that Lynn's like, I want to put you in. I was like, Lynn, I'm not very good. Like, no, I'm going to put you in. I have confidence in you. And I, excuse my language, but like, I was like, holy fuck. Like I, I'm, I'm going to choke here. We're, 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 we're coming back against Newfoundland and he puts me in the anchor spot. And I'm like, so I'm struggling and you're throwing me in the anchor spot. So he goes in there and I throw a double and 10, like to win the match. I think maybe to win total. And, uh, and I was like, yes. I was like, perfect, right? One total went up. All I had to do is get a five count. I ripped the right three pin, and I just walked out of the center. <laughs> and so I was like, that was a bit. I came back, went through all everything, and it was like a buck 80 that I shot. We, 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 we together on. But not even um, not even like a game later, uh, Brett Mapstone's in there. He comes off the bench. He's struggling. Okay. This yeah. is where I'll jump in on the story. Yeah. So, he, Brett, <laughs> so Brett comes in off the bench. He throws a double and 10, and we've been joking about Tim ripping that three-pin the entire time. And I said, just don't rip a three-pin. And then he ripped the left three-pin and then walked out of the building. (laughs) (laughs) It was to tie, so he ripped the left three-pin to tie, but he literally ripped the left three-pin, didn't say a word to us, walked like off the other lane, and then straight out the doors and outside. (laughs) God. Um. You, you speak speaking of those kind of moments, I, I I mean I think Gino still has the longest thrown bowling ball in record history, right? Yeah. Down down the freeway, down highway two, down in Medicine Hat, and uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I I still remember that fondly. Yeah. I think that was Highway One, yeah, well, was it not? Highway One, yeah. yeah. Whatever. That was one of the ones that I was going to say that I regret, <laughs> and it wasn't so much that I threw the ball. And it wasn't so much that I had to chase the ball, but it was Remo, like, <laughs> the way he buzzed me when I came in. He zinged me so bad. It was so funny. And uh, I have to admit, he endeared himself to me quite a bit. I, I really <laughs> thought he was one of the coolest guys I knew. Didn't you? But, uh... Uh, there was that one. And then the other one, my second one would be the super in uh, – in Regina, when I uh, went over the foul line, I was at uh, uh, Brad Moens, and he ended up uh, winning that, winning both the A and B side by through that. But uh, 
Yeah, that one that one will always stick with me because I thought uh, I had a chance to get my sixth win there. Didn't you, didn't you throw a ball on the parking lot, Shadok, to uh, Gino? <laughs> Jumped up and hit a At what? It, at outside Shadok? No. No? That was Panorama. He hit himself nope. first and he threw nope. the ball. Yeah, he bounced it off the concrete yeah. first, and it bounced up and hit him in the shin. Pissed him off, so he threw it harder the other direction. <laughs> no, that's not the story. I came out of the bowling center, and I was fuming. And I I looked out, and at the end of the parking lot, I saw a about a foot and a half barricade. And I well, like I'm gonna throw that that thing. And I threw it, and about a foot in front of it, it hit a rock, and it went over. <laughs> down the hill, down the highway. And then all of a sudden I realized, oh, my God, I better chase that one down. So, yeah. Uh -oh. I'm not proud of that one. And it gets mentioned. This is uh, just a reference for all those people. That Gino had mentioned the Regina sticking over the line uh this was oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> the outline that was drawn out there, there was some cpr needed to bring him back to life yeah. <laughs> they didn't give me well, a chalk outline though you have the know. picture of brad moen over me oh uh, yeah. yeah yeah that's yeah. a good one <laughs> well, you have the picture of brad moen's standing over him with his hand in his fist yeah that was pretty cool <laughs> I, I got a lot of <laughs> there you go. <laughs> hey Gino, what which went further, the ball down the highway yeah. or your tire on the way to Lethbridge that one year? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> my tire! <laughs> and the worst of that was I almost got killed. The dog almost chewed me apart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the tire down down the highway was was bad too. That was crazy. Yeah, fun times. So I, I'll tell the story, Gino, a little bit since I was in the vehicle. Uh, Gino gets this brand new. Oh yeah. Or not brand new. Sorry, secondhand new to Gino. Um, Ford Explorer Sport Track. Yep. It Pretty was nice. A year old. Yeah, and uh, we're traveling down the highway. We pick up. Uh, a couple players down in Red Deer on our way down to Lethbridge. And uh, we get to Calgary and we get on the Deerfoot and you feel a wobble or whatever. And that's the Deerfoot for you. It's always a little uh, shaky. And we get to the other side of Calgary, just about the Okotoks, and all of a sudden <laughs> the left front driver tire pops off, hops across the highway, through the Meridian, up across the other side of the highway. This is Highway 1, biggest highway in Alberta or Highway 2, and goes into a farmer's field on the other side. Like, absolutely insane. Unreal. Did you have oh, yeah. to go potty, too? That was the day I to remember. <laughs> Good hustle, Timmy. Yeah. <laughs> Did you wash? Yeah. Supposed to be washing our hands these days. Good hustle, Timmy. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Hi. Um, 
so Gino, we'll we'll keep on this train of thought for you. Um, Hall of Fame induction for 2020. Um, you and Adam, I do believe, were in the class of 2020. Have you heard any updates? How did it feel to be um, up for induction? All that good stuff. I uh, haven't heard anything since uh, as far as uh, being inducted. Uh, it was truly an honor. And the three guys that I get to go into, uh, Adam being one of them, and the other two guys are really close friends of mine, Doug Mosdell and uh, Dougie McCaw, as far as competitors. And then the gentleman, Don Sim, who got inducted, Don and I have been friends for the last 25, 30 years, and he's just a, a, a superb gentleman. So um, I, I'm quite proud to be inducted with these guys and, and be in with this total group. And I think the other, the other three, Doug and Doug and Doug and Adam, would agree with me. It's, uh, it's a pretty cool honor that uh, it's we're the four guys with uh, Bruce Mortar as far as uh, male competitors. And uh, the ladies that are there, well, they all deserved it. And that's, it, it's just great to be inducted with that type of uh, class. Adam, I guess you can, you can uh, expand on that too. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, incredible honor, uh, like, like Gino's mentioned. And uh, I know we, we've had a chance to talk about this on a couple of previous podcasts, but uh, uh, being able to go in with uh, with those three legends, so all four, I guess, including Don as well, um, it, it's yeah, it's it's mind blowing to, to at least you know, have that opportunity within within our sport. Um, saddened somewhat uh that uh that we wouldn't uh, be able to to have that completed this year uh, at the open nationals um especially you know for 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 gino and dougie and dougie um my myself it, it wasn't a huge huge deal um I, not being there i would you know there'll be another another time for it um but <sighs> Yeah, it, it, it's sorry. It, it's really tough to put into words. So um, I, I know when when I first got the call, uh, I, I was kind of against myself being being honored uh, this early in the career. Kind of where where I believe my game is currently in the career. Uh, the more you know, I think about it now, right? It, it's it, it's just such an incredible honor. Um, but it really hit me once the, the, obviously the whole COVID and we started talking about, you know, the potential of, uh, either delaying, uh, the, the open or now in the cancellation of the open and, uh, yeah, what, what's the next step? Uh, I, I haven't heard anything, uh, on it. I'm assuming it will be, you know, probably the, the, the future, uh, open nationals when, whenever that is, um, but uh, yeah, once I got that cancellation, because I, I knew I was going either way, either as competitor or in that fashion, and uh, yeah, I, I got pretty saddened by it. So I'm sure the other guys probably were as well. Yeah, um, I, I think it's, I think it's an incredible feat, you guys. I mean, like like I, I think Gino hit it right on correctly when he said four only four guys or five guys five guys are in now, and that's five of the top, you know. And I think it's um, it's quite something. I, I, I don't know. I, 
Adam, I haven't heard anything about the Hall of Fame thing yet, but I assume you're probably correct. They'll probably be carried forward on it. Um, I, I really enjoyed like the Hall of Fame stuff that came out. To me, I think that the coolest thing I saw about the Hall of Fame thing was Dougie, um, Dougie McCaw's uh, <laughs> jump, fist pump jump when he threw that perfect game or whatever it was, that old school photo. I thought that was cool. But uh, I, I think you guys definitely deserve to be in there. And um, obviously I'm biased. I'm proud of Burden, and I'm proud that you guys represented us for so many great years, right? So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll obviously, I think, uh, oh, when I was just going to mention me being in Lusdell with all of his health issues and, and, uh, he came back and showed what a great athlete he was and great competitor. I always equate Doug Musdell with Bruce Mortar because they are two gentlemen that are just about, you know, they always say we have a duplicate somewhere in the universe. Well, I always said Doug's Mosdell was the the BC Bruce Mortar, and Bruce Mortar was the Alberta Doug Mosdell, and uh, they just uh, they are just two great great people. It was uh, it was really neat seeing uh, Doug and. Uh, and Bruce and, and Lynn all get together last year at nationals and just, just to see just like the pure happiness on their faces, just so happy to see each other. It was, it was really neat. They, they hardly left each other's side the entire weekend. I mean, Lynn was different cause he was like with us, but I mean, just every lunch and every evening, just, it was, it was awesome. Super cool. Yeah. Be able to see both those guys in the champions room afterwards as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it was, it was pretty special being able to have a couple really nice conversations Mm-hmm. Uh, to to the absolute best. Yes, yes. Um, so, a couple more questions here for you, our special guests. Um, what's in your arsenal, Gino? What are your bowling balls? What are your bowling shoes? Well, I've always played Dexter's. Um, uh, I. Uh, I have, uh, as far as bowling balls, I have a uh, uh, pretty well. I throw mostly just the uh, pro rubber. Where I have one uh, soft roll, and the only reason why I have that in my bag is is because it was what the first one that came out, and I happened to win a set when I uh, won TPC over at uh, Collingwood when it was out, and so I carry one of them, and I have my little. Four and three quarter inch uh, uh, pro rubber, my little green ones, which uh, I was lucky enough to throw two of my perfect games with. And I basically threw those after I shattered my arm. So I had something I could get a little more zip on the ball, Adam. <laughs> that, have that you, have you found a ball one. recently that can get you more zip on your ball? <laughs> yeah, that you got to drive to the no, line. No, but I'm working on a new style. 17 yeah. steps drive to the line no hey. no 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 but i'm i i have changed gino we'll actually, try it so we'll tell us we're we're, t- we're we're talking about your arsenal right now right and i really want to know um what kind of underwear do you wear that makes you pick it every time <laughs> yeah time. the leg shake yeah, yeah. Do you, do you from the hands <laughs> So 
with relation to that, can you guys never tell me that you don't have any nervous tension? That's just a way just to relax. Tim Tim gets his through his I, elbow. Uh, it, it, it's like, yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Tim, Tim feels all that Tim's energy nerves go to come his through elbow. His hey, Gino whatever feels all that energy go to. Whatever Hey, Robert. And now, what's your arsenal? Hey, you know what? I knew you were going to ask me this, so I actually had to go look today. <laughs> For shoes, I have the nines. And bowling balls, I have uh, two uh, urethane, and the other two are the Pro 72s. Ooh, okay. Pro, pro rubber. Yeah. And none of them work. I have. I own about 60 and none of them work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's always the ball. bowling ball's fault. Yeah. It's totally the balls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this may not apply to you so much, Robert, but obviously I do want your, your take on it as a proprietor, as somebody that's involved in the WCBT and um, the youth bowling and stuff like that. But um, Gino, do you have a bucket list item that you want to accomplish before you retire out of the sport? Paradise. <laughs> obviously, obviously, one is to win the Autumn Open. Uh, that definitely would be another one. To be honest with you, uh, I think I've accomplished pretty well most what I want. But that being said, the Autumn Open, and uh, I'd love to win another WCBT. Simple as that. Uh, I think uh, we all play to enjoy the game, but if you aren't playing to win, you might not be there. That's my opinion. Agreed. Uh, Brett Hendrickson thinks your bucket list item should be to attend a Nationals in Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> well, in 30-some years, that's one place I've never played a national. I, don't I think I've been to 27 and never in Winnipeg. That's unreal. Gino. But yeah. who would want to play there in July for <laughs> Masters? All you got is mosquitoes and horseflies. Mm -hmm. And then if you play the Open, it's usually too friggin' windy and cold. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, Gino, Mark brought up a good point. I was going to ask you, you, you're, you never been a master single. Is that part of your bucket list? Uh, yeah, I would like to do that, but that would, that would be another one. But like I say, uh, I think if I was looking at any of them, uh, the autumn open is the one that I definitely would like to be able to achieve. There's been so many great guys that have won there and it is it's quite a historic tournament, so. Mm. Great. Uh, so, Robert, same question to you. Um, what What's your bucket list item as a proprietor or a sponsor or to be involved in all this? Is there anything that you want to accomplish before you uh, hang up the proprietor's hat or the sponsorship Pack it hat? in. Because <laughs> <laughs> you never know what day that's going to be. <laughs> So, first of all, bowling, I still bowl in the Masters. I did the oh. last year because I got a knee done. But but uh, I'll be back at her this year, so hopefully get into that. Teaching Masters, Provincial, Nationals would be great. 
I missed by 90 pins the last time I was at Provincials, so that sucked. But uh, for as a proprietor, I just wanna I want to get this darn sport back on TV, TV, and and uh, we just I don't know how we gotta find a Canadian company that is willing to step up. Do you have any like connections with KFC or anything like that that might be able to help out? I have I have a few. <laughs> <laughs> but they already sponsored too much crap. <laughs> like wrestling. <laughs> KFC sponsors wrestling? Yeah, isn't that sad? <laughs> What's wrong with wrestling? <laughs> well, now that's good to know. It's the only thing that's been on the last two months. Yeah, that's true. It's equally as greasy. Equally <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. No, just, uh, yeah, get the, get some more kids involved and uh, get the kids out there. And and uh, we're doing that. We're getting built up here a bit, or we were anyway. So uh, hopefully that continues. And, and other than that. Just carry on and get back at this sooner than later. Did Gino pass out? <laughs> he just can't hear you. He looks like he's going to fight somebody. Why would I pass out? <laughs> oh, <laughs> thought you were having a nap. <laughs> it's about that time. It's getting pretty late for you. <laughs> Um, uh, Danny Gombach. I warrant you that not one of you can outlast me. Sure, glad to cut out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all a five pin after dark thing we don't need to talk about. <laughs> um, Danny Gombach kind of chimed in here. Gino's way too good of a team player to even worry about singles for Masters. I totally agree. Being on uh, a couple national gold medal teams with Gino, I. I totally understand. He is one of the best team players by far. Way better than Tim Wiseman. I will guarantee that because at least Gino tries. <laughs> I, I have two golds with Tim. So. Shots fired. You know what? I'm only good as my leader, and I was a rookie that year, so fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm right. gonna have to start putting an R rating on this. Thing. <laughs> I'm gonna pretend. pull my, my knife on my back. Jesus! I can't believe you went there. Oh my god! <laughs> yes, you uh, can. You knew it was coming. Come on. I don't believe that. It's all good. That's, I sucked. Yeah, the one time we've been on the team together. You know, you know. Honestly, though, I I can do a test as uh as Gino's never been to Winnipeg. Don't go to Winnipeg. You bowl bad there. That's what I've heard. That's what Tim so, so Gino's just missing out. <laughs> um. So yeah, what else do you guys want to talk about? We got. Got some time? What's ha what's happening? What else is going on? Do we want to bring up the whole COVID thing? Robert, I know you have a small eight-lane house in a small community. Um, it's, going, it's going to be a two-lane house. Well, Actually, right now, I have an oversized rec room. 
It's <laughs> <laughs> all I got. So if anybody wants to come play in my rec room, come ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, we we still have some questions in there. I like the one from Valentino mm -hmm. earlier on. Um, what is the shot you've thrown that you remember most? Good or bad? Question is for everybody. Three splits in a game. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's all hmm. I got. Hmm. <laughs> I I definitely have one. My uh, I, I still call it my my career shot. Uh, Two thousand seven uh, Sudbury Open singles. Uh, ended up playing. Um, who did I end up playing? Mike Warren. Uh, Mike Warren was the final. I can't remember who I played. Oh, it was uh, Buddha. Um, oh, Rene Godin. Uh, Rene Godin uh, ended up uh, beating him in the 2 3 match uh, and then ended up playing against uh, Mike Warren. Uh, the, the end of the first, uh, first game, uh, I'm down, I think I'm down 29 going into the final frame. So I need, you know, the, the strike spare or whatnot. Um, ended up throwing a chop off uh, my first ball. And if anybody knew me back in that, uh, that time frame, uh, I could never spare a chop off. My mind was so messed up with it. Uh, somehow barely hit it inside to get the spare. Um, and then threw a shot that I don't even remember. Uh, it, it, first time I ever felt zoned. Um, but ended up uh, throwing an absolute bomb. Uh, uh, ended up beating him in the first match. Uh, then I think I crushed him like 330, 190 or something in the final match for, for my first ever title. Mm. So that was uh, my career shot, to, even to this day. Mm. Um, for me, I'm going to say it was uh, TPC 2010, uh, the year that I won there. Um, I faced Johnny three times. I think that's one of the rare occasions that's ever happened. Um, but um, lost to Johnny in the B-side final, and I was running both sides, so I had to face him in the final. Um, we got through uh, the first two games, and it was coming down to the end, and um, I had a little bit of a lead, and I, I just I remember throwing the strike a nine. It was a really good shot, a strike a nine, and that was enough. But I, the only reason why I knew it was enough is because I could hear – it was dead silent in the entire place. Um, and I could hear Lynn Howell in the background say, uh, he said, that's, uh, that's a championship winning ball. And then that, that's when I knew that I won. And then there was noise in the background. And yeah, that's definitely the ball I remember most for sure. Hmm. <clears throat> oh, I guess I can go. Um, I have, I, I guess I have, I have two, I guess. Two that I, I'm sorry, but I have two. Uh, one is obviously uh, greedy. <laughs> throwing, <laughs> throwing, throw the eleventh uh, in the eleventh frame. I threw the strike to beat Mark Miller. Um, and I, again, like I always say about the autumn open, that four twenty to four hundred five. Um, I never was playing to win. I was playing just to move up the ladder, and that's. It, it, I I can tell you right now, I would have probably choked and not thrown a four twenty if I was aiming for the win. Um, but I, I think my proudest moment, I think was, uh, 2016, everything was super tight with the master singles as it is. And I, uh, never made anything ever in singles in my life. Like I never got a medal or anything like that. And we were playing at Willowbrook and I remember playing Trevor Cook from Manitoba <clears throat> and Trevor's a phenomenal player. Um, how it worked out was it could have been a four way tie to come in for third. So I didn't know how that was going to work out. 
because first and second is already locked with Jeff Stevens and uh, Kevin Clark, and there's going to be a four-way tie for that spot. And uh, and Trevor Trevor pounced on me pretty good at the beginning. I think he started like four-bagger corner spur strike or something like that, and I finished like eight-bagger, and I and I beat him by five. And it and the the strike in twelve when I threw it like <clears throat> like obviously you're a little nervous, but that strike in twelve I banged out um, to win and to make a singles. And at, at that point, yeah. I, I got a silver, but that bronze or whatever I was going to get it meant more of the world to me than anything. So um, for me to, to do that, I was pretty proud of myself. <clears throat> that was just about a Gino story. Kerry? Sorry, Kerry. I couldn't tell you if there was one shot or um, hmm. yeah, no, I, I don't believe there's one shot that I can remember. That was just trying to think um, playing it, playing in Regina. I'll just, my win in Regina probably would be my career highlight besides the gold medal on the hundred year anniversary. That was pretty cool, but that was a big team thing as a singles player. I think winning in Regina, but unfortunately it didn't come down to one shot because I came up against Jeff Hibner and uh, he had just shot close to 1100 his match before to get to the finals um, to play me. And uh, he was throwing nothing but bombs. He would, he would release the ball and he'd point right away and yell. He knew it was a strike out of his hand almost every time. And then the one time he did it, he flagged the head pin. And then after that, he never recovered. He started throwing splits. He was all over the place. And the match was over pretty early in the third game. So, unfortunately, I, I just don't have that one that one shot that you can remember. But um, definitely one of my highlights of my career and something I'll cherish for a long time. And uh, I hope Regina's destroyed the picture because the hat I was wearing was six times too big for my head and my collar was crooked and it's one of the worst pictures ever. Thank God for the GBT <laughs> and tour shirts. Uh, Gino? Gino? Well, <laughs> I probably can't remember one specific shot that, because to me, they're all important at one time or another. Uh, I think I would have to say there's been situations that mean more to me than anything. One was uh, when, I, when I was uh, fortunate enough to throw the 26 strikes in a row. Uh, at that time, there was a young man uh, that uh, came down to the pit there watching. And this wasn't when I threw the 26. Pardon me. This was when I won, won Regina the second time. But this young boy sitting on the edge of the ledge looks up at me and I just kind of look over at him. I go up, I throw my double. All of a sudden, he's got one leg up on the bench and crawling on. I look at him and say, come on over. So he crawled up and he sat beside me. He was probably four or five at the time. All of a sudden, <laughs> I hear this scream from down on the other end. Taylor, get out of the pit and quit bothering Gino. And I looked over at Doug and I said, don't worry about it, Doug. He's my lucky charm. And he was. Yeah, I managed to win after that. That was one. 
And probably one that I will never forget was in uh, the year I won my singles in Hamilton. Uh, I had the opportunity to watch six really good friends of mine uh, out of Edmonton win the gold as a team. And then uh, I was playing, again, Doug McCaw, great friend of mine. And I think it was about the seventh frame. And it was just about over, but I had started out really well. And uh, I get up and I punch a three pin. And I go up and I'm standing there. I go up to spare it and I throw the ball. And I leave the easy two, take the hard two. All of a sudden, uh, Bruce and the guys from the Edmonton team start cheering, Gino, Gino. And before I knew it, the whole crowd was doing it. And to have all your peers cheering like that for you behind it, I got to admit, when I went to pick that two-pin, I was just about a blithering idiot, uh, you know, <laughs> tears. So those are two really special moments that, that I'll, I'll never forget. And the other one was in uh, Gatineau. We, uh, we played Gatineau and... I was on a four-bagger from the gun, and I told the guys, I'm going to throw a perfect game. Next frame, I get up. <laughs> the ball slips out of my hand, and I hit a two-pin. <laughs> 28 lanes, 32 lanes of fog. Before I turned around and came off the lanes, the people down on lane one, and I was probably on 32, knew. Gino threw a two-pin. Mortar and Hal, they, they were out there, and that's where this – Pass the dues came to me, and uh, I'll never forget what they pulled. Mortar was one of the biggest pranksters I met, uh, and I was usually the biggest brunt of it. But uh, those are memories I'll I'll always cherish. Um, so we do have uh, a question here from. Brett Hendrickson, and uh, let's try and mix this question up a little bit um, because I don't want everybody picking the same players. Um, but it's like if you're making a mixed team to take on others in a huge cash tournament, so it's a big mixed tournament, you get to pick yourself, two other ladies, two or two ladies and two other men. Um, you can pick anybody all time. Who are your picks? Simple for me. And it's uh, it's all Alberta. Uh, myself, Bruce, Gino, Jen Marshall, Smith, and Jennifer Baker. <laughs> it's pretty close. Well, then what's yours, Tim? Well, I, I started writing down the same one. <laughs> um, well, I got there first. Everybody's going to pick the same players. Let's, <laughs> let's mix this up. Okay, I'll come last. I'm working on this right now. Um <laughs> Okay, you know what? I will. I we can't pick the same players. Uh, let's say no. You can't pick the same players. <laughs> can't pick any of the same players. No, none of the same players. Okay, Sorry, I'll go boy. next. I'll go next. I'll go next. Okay. <laughs> sure. Oh, you, you you picked Baker already, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, actually, no. I got this. I got. This. Okay. No. 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 <laughs> um. I'll go. I'll go. Carrie. Um. Why? In his prime, anyways. Um, fair, fair. 2017. I'll, I'll pick Tom Stevenson. So two guys that I haven't got to play with. 
that I would have loved to have played with at some point. So Carrie, Tom, um, Diane, and uh, I'll go with Megan. Megan Gallicano. Hmm. I think I feel like that's a pretty solid team. Okay, Only like carrying the prime, though. Not carrying out. <laughs> I'll oh, go that's that's fair. next, and these are going to be some. Okay, go ahead, Gino. Yeah. I'll go next, and I have some very obscure names for you. Thank you so for helping me out. I yeah. would pick Curtis Deering. Oh, man. So there's one. I was going to uh, pick him. <laughs> I would pick a gentleman that I that I uh, played with a long time ago in CBCs and a good friend of mine. Well, no, actually, I'd pick Rob Shannis as number oh, two damn. for my man. Uh, for the ladies, uh, I would take uh, probably there was a lady that uh, was out of Ontario that I'm not sure if any of you guys would know, but uh, her last name was Listy. She was unbelievable. She was she was the Diane Violini of Ontario, Claudia Listy. She's the one that when you saw the poster with the ball in her hand and the look, she she mm. was phenomenal, um, and uh, my my second lady. Um, let's see, that's a tough one. Um, I'm trying to remember her name. It was uh, a young lady out of Saskatchewan. Uh, oh, what the. Anyway, I can't remember her name, but but those are the four that I would pick. They were, you know, uh, Curtis was phenomenal when he was younger, and I think he's someone that we really miss in the game. You know. So. Yeah, agreed. My turn. Oh, hang on a second here. No. I got to run to. The Son, of <laughs> Son of a bitch. Let me go. I'm, you know what? Screw you, Robert. Um, oh, my turn. No, Robert, you, you can't. You yeah, Robert, you go. You go. You're the guest. Yeah. First, Tim. Yeah, go guest ahead, first. Robert. Settle back, Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to take people you're not going to take anyway. <laughs> I'm going to take uh, Eric Chose, Brother Brian Gallagher, my Aunt Judy Grindy, and let's throw in uh, Shauna Lesday. There you go. <laughs> Pulling in some viewership there, Rob, with uh, some family <laughs> picks. I like it. Not, I like it. We're not going to win a lot, but we'll have fun. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. Hey, Timmy, go ahead. All right. Um, since, you know, Adam took some of mine and Dexter took some of mine, um, I know that he's having a Facebook hiatus and nobody's really missing him but Mitch Davies. Um, I think Mitch honestly is one of the best competitors out there. He's on YouTube. So, Hey Mitch, no one misses you, but we, but you're part of my list. Um, obviously he's still on Instagram too. Oh, and Snapchat. Yeah. He's just one of those guys looking yeah. for attention. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, obviously Karen Armstrong, honestly, I, uh, yeah. have the utmost respect for her. And, and again, like there's generational players, I believe, and you watch somebody like, uh, like a Jen Smith. Um, that doesn't step down from anybody, right? And uh, I feel the same way with Karen. So um, I definitely have the utmost respect for her. Um, growing up, obviously, we can't use the same 
say names. No, um, you can't. So stop. No, I'm not gonna, No, let me, let me finish <laughs> this here. Um, who's actually was really uh, I got to know her over when I grew up, and she obviously moved away with Tracy Smith. I think Tracy would just be phenomenal to play with. Okay. Um, and not because I like Curtis, but I like Tracy a lot more. And uh, and, <laughs> Nobody likes and, Curtis. and yeah, no, well, yeah, they kind of go together, but unfortunately, yeah. Um, and finally, honestly, um, it's going to be off. I've played with him once in a Baker's and I've won three goals. He hasn't won anything. So maybe I'm good luck, but Mike Warren, I think I can, uh, <laughs> I think I can maybe give him a little bit of help and, uh, team uh second place team. Sorry. Team yeah, you know what? You know, honestly. So when I lost to Kevin Clark in nationals in, in, uh, BC and everybody's packing up their stuff, all I hear is. Welcome to the club, Tim. And Mike <laughs> walked out. <laughs> uh, that's um, good. Yeah, absolutely. So th- those are the ones in like our generation that I bowl with. Um, that's actually a good call there, Brian, what you wrote down there. That's pretty cool. I don't know any of them except for Fraser. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, that's uh, yeah, just something that we uh, I think it's be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there's a lot of players people that we are not picking that clearly should be picked. So many good players. Um, but these are just ones that pop in their head. Um, I'm not going to pick anybody no. from the cast, but I do thank Dexter for picking me while I was in my prime. I do appreciate it. Um, <laughs> but I would – I'm going to stick with – I'm going to pick John, John Stone in his prime, Matt Schultz, mm-hmm. yeah. Sandy Anderson, and Danielle Leffler. Oh. Danielle, yeah, I like it. That's a good group. And Carrie, the the other lady I was thinking from Saskatchewan, I couldn't remember her last name, married down, but when I knew her, it was Alyssa Spark. She oh, had, oh, yeah. suited. Yeah, she was phenomenal. Yeah, so I guess, uh, if people want to comment in the chat or after the video is posted, post your teams. We know there's lots of people we missed and it's not that we wouldn't pick them. It just didn't pop in our head while we were thinking about it. Cause I, I put the clock on everybody and I made Timmy pick random. So uh, maybe that'll be the post this week. Yeah, yeah, there we go. I like that. Well, it's pretty hard. It's, it's pretty hard to pick because there's so many players. Like there's guys that have been in and out of the game game like Kevin Kevin in his prime was but he he and I saw him in in Red Deer. Ignatius, he charisma, he be a little bit of a pain in the ass, but he's a great <laughs> player. Uh, there's like there's there's tons guys like Robbie Shannis we left oh, out. No. There's no, no. like Gino took Robbie. Oh yeah, never mind. Sorry. I was trying to think of my team while Gino was yeah. picking. No, no, um, I picked Rob. Yep. All right. Um, so we're going to wrap up the podcast here. <laughs> I know there's there's lots more we can talk about, guys. Um, Gino and Robert, you're more than welcome to stay after. We usually chat for a little bit after the podcast. But I just want to thank you guys again for joining mm-hmm. us. Um, and Could I say something before? Of course you can, Gino. <laughs> as long as your Wi-Fi uh, doesn't go out, you can say whatever you want. <laughs> Type it out, yeah. Well, if it goes out, it goes out. But <laughs> I just have two things I want to say. I wish there would have been a group like you guys when I first started this game. 
you guys have done immensely in exposing our sport and you brought a lot of the youth into the game because of of the way you guys have developed things last but not least i'd like to thank bob and the other providers for everything they do you know uh we're very fortunate this sport is a great sport we can't make a living by it but we sure as hell can have one hell of a time so thanks for all of that guys yeah, exactly Agreed. thanks again yeah. robert thanks Gino. Just, thanks guys uh, yeah i just uh yeah i want to thank all you guys too you guys make a guy feel welcome all the time and it's uh fun being around you fun watching you perform it's uh it's a pleasure for sure. And Gino, I wanted to thank you for being one of the few people that take longer on the lanes than I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, Adam. Not close. And not that's where we're gonna end the podcast. Not Thanks, not guys. <laughs>